we want to welcome you to Lead Travel Pray. We are excited to have a special guest that will join us shortly. So today we are discussing our faith topic where we will focus on our calling and how to know whether or not it is our job. We will discuss ideas for those where it is your job and um, those where it is not so that we kind of are a little more mindful about how we sync it up. And from my own personal experience, this is something that many people that I know personally with and those that I coach struggle with. Where it aligns, what if I feel like my calling is changing, how do I figure that out? And um, so as we kind of talked about things that people are wrestling with, we thought that this was a great topic to bring together. And we're not coming at this as experts, we're coming at this as just people who have tried to figure this out on our journey of life and figuring out where does um, God and our faith help us along that journey. So as Christians specifically, when we discuss our calling, we are typically talking about whether or not God is calling us to a specific profession or type of work. And we find that work is important to God. So we think that it's also important to ask God what he wants us to do. So, for example, the Bible in Romans 8.28 says, All things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. So when we are attentive to God, he can speak to us about the needs of the world, how the gifts that he has given each of us and our strengths align to what we are passionate about. And for a lot of us, that's how we figure out where our calling is. Um, that sounds great, but I think that then in practical terms, when we're trying to really figure out what does that look like, it's kind of hard to then determine how do I figure out how all of those sync up? And as somebody who does assessment work and works with a lot of leaders, sometimes they're like, okay, I feel like my calling's changed, but I have no idea where to start. Like, I kind of feel like I know what my strengths are, but what are my passions? And where do I go to to figure out where to start with that? So as I said, okay, what's a starting point? I just looked up the definition of calling in Webster Dictionary. And um, there were two different definitions that really stood out to me that sync up with what we're talking about here. So one is a strong inner impulse toward a particular course of action especially when it's accompanied by a conviction of divine influence. And then the second definition was the vocation or profession in which one customarily engages. So you can see that even the definition in the dictionary defines it as something related to our profession and work and something that's kind of outside of that, kind of a strong impulse or passion that we have towards something. So that then takes me to the question, um, so Rebecca, do you think that you know what your calling is? And if so, how did you determine it? Is that your job? Do they sync up? Yeah, great question. So I think I've said before on a previous podcast that um, as a kid, um, I was involved in 4-H. And uh, 4-H, for those of you who don't know, is a youth leadership development program that's primarily focused on agriculture, um, and farm kids. And so growing up in uh, rural Indiana, 4-H was a, a big deal. And the motto for 4-H worldwide is to make the best better. And I don't know if it was just like encoding in those formative years that I became passionate about making the best better, 
but I chose my first career to be a teacher, I think because I was interested in that development and helping others grow and helping them be kind of the best versions of themselves as we would say it today. Um, but it's funny because on the strengths finders um, that I've taken, gosh, a couple times in the last decade, one of my top strengths is maximizer. And if you read the definition of that, it's almost identical to the 4-H motto oh, of making cool. the best better. Yeah. And so it's just so kind of funny when out of 34 strengths, you see that come back and you're like, okay, wow, that is what I'm sort of hard coded to do. And um, fortunately, through a bit of an, I'd say, accidental tourist uh, career, set of career moves, I've been able to find um, an occupation that, that feeds that for me. And so um, in the work that I do to help organizations make the best outcomes they can, often from a human um, potential perspective, be it in corporate learning or in change or transformation, it is trying to make super talented people even more talented or super um, important and well thought out initiatives even better and more successful and so um, that is kind of what I think I'm about and I do think it's the way I'm sort of I don't know um, built mm -hmm. and I think there's certainly a faith aspect in that I don't think I was built accidentally mm -hmm. yeah yeah, very much. I think that um, the, the three of us are calling is something that overlaps mm -hmm. and something that we have in common and that I think fun. brought us together yes. in the beginning, which is fun. Yeah. So um, for, for me, um, as Michelle, my calling is to help people grow and develop into the person that they want to be. And for many that I'm friends with and that I coach, it's trying to embrace who God created them to be and how do they develop and grow more into that person. Mm -hmm. And um, I took a um, career inventory a long time ago that really helped to kind of hone in on the how of that. And I've kind of evolved that in different jobs. So I feel like my calling since the beginning of my career has remained the same. The way that that plays out in a specific job is what has looked different. But I don't feel like my calling over time has really changed. Yeah. I think that it aligns with my strengths. I think that um, when I feel like, okay, this place is not really where I need to be fulfilling this calling anymore, then I've gone into kind of an introspective mode of, okay, well, what does that look like right now? Where do I feel like God is maybe changing my conviction or my mm -hmm. passions to where this needs to play out in a different environment than it is today? So a specific way that I've done that when I felt like, okay, this place where I'm doing it is no longer the right place to be fulfilling this calling. I need to take it into a different place. How do you figure out that place? I worked with a leadership coach and I found that just me trying to think about it in my own head, I was just getting nowhere. Mm -hmm. I was figuring out more what I didn't want to do rather than figuring out what I do want to do, which is important, but it only takes you so far. Then you just rule stuff out and you're still stuck. So I found working with this leadership coach, she did expressive arts, which tapped into the more creative side of my brain. And so I was able to find through going through magazines and just drawing things out, other words and thoughts and pictures that really appealed to me that then when I step back and look at these pictures over time that I was painting, it was showing me audiences. It was showing me ways that I could do it. Then that then led me to say, I think I want to be more of a coach and a consultant outside of any one organization so that I'm not constrained with what that industry 
brings into it that I can do this across a lot of different forums. And so I would say that this, this process of figuring out your calling can look really different. I would have, I'm not really a creative person by nature, so I never, which is why I had to hire a coach to help me go through that process. I never would have come to that on my own, but the picture of what that looked like still sticks with me today. And I think about that with people who I'm coaching, like how does that person resonate with what I thought it would look like seven years ago or eight years ago when I was going through this process? Um, so Sandy, what about for you? Do you feel like you know what your calling is and is that your job? What does that look like? Um, so I'm going to go with no. <laughs> um, so this has actually been something that you guys know has been a, a top priority for me, I'd say in the past year specifically. And it started, I think, um, with the awareness of some persistent dissatisfaction with my um, employment, my work life. And it didn't matter what the company was. It didn't matter what the job was. Um, there was this pattern of this isn't right. This isn't the right fit. It's not bad. It's a great job. I am um, on paper and building a great career, but there was something missing for me. And I think that over time, I started to realize that was the lack of um, meaningfulness in the work that I was doing, mm -hmm. and that it was really important to me personally to feel like I was spending my time doing something that contributed to other people mm -hmm. in some form or fashion. Now, the challenge is that I was aware of this, but yet didn't sort of embrace it as a calling. <laughs> and continued to select jobs that fit my resume, that fit my um, series of, of jobs that I've had, the career that I was building, but I kept running into the same brick wall might be um, too, too harsh of a visual, but I kept finding myself in the same place where I wasn't getting out of my, my nine to five work um, what I was seeking. And what I found is that I was seeking it in other ways. I was uh, working with nonprofits. I was um, doing lots of volunteer work because that really provided meaning for me that I wasn't getting out of my day-to-day -day job. Um, and then this past year, it has been um, sort of the embracing of this is who I am. And through some assessment work that I've done, not just in the past year, but over many years, and it all points to the same thing, is that um, one of my top motivators is the ability to uh, support, help, care for others. Um, that is not necessarily what my jobs have been. And so I'm at the point where um, I'm embarking on the transition into really embracing, um, I'm still not clear on how I would actually verbalize my calling, but um, I know at least I'm headed in the right direction um, with thinking about the next step in my career to be really aligned with my personal motivators and drivers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. So what I like is that, um, Rebecca, you've kind of known a lot of this journey since you were a kid in 4-H, and the how of it has evolved for you fairly Very significantly, yes. right? From yeah. teaching to corporate work, to consulting, to different degrees that you've gotten along the way, but that calling has been consistent. 
for me, um, I would say that the calling has been consistent, but I really wrestled at times with the how in a very significant way and tried to be really intentional about, okay, God, if this is what you called me to do, how do you want me to be playing this out? Do you want me to stay where I am? Do you want me to move to the next thing? I'm pretty comfortable where I am, so can you just work it out here <laughs> in this place so that I can stay in my comfortable? And um, have, for most of you that have um, had a faith with God for a while, you realize that that's not really the program that he's on right. <laughs> is keeping us in our comfort zone. That certainly hasn't been my story. And then Sandy, you've wrestled with the fact that you, you are not working within your calling. Is that okay that you fulfill it outside of work? But what would it look like if you did fulfill it more within work and you have an opportunity that's now come your way to be able to do that? So I just love that we're at different places of this because mm -hmm. I think that that's representative of our audience and um, takes us to our guest speaker that we feel like is a great example of alignment, of calling and her quote unquote job that maybe she doesn't even consider a job anymore because it is a true calling. So Sandy, would you please introduce her? Absolutely. I am thrilled to introduce Kathy Lambert. For the past 21 years, Kathy's work and passions have been devoted to ending the cycle of poverty. As CEO and co-founder of Connections to Success, Kathy has provided passionate leadership and overseeing Connections growth into a regional nonprofit with sites in Missouri, Illinois, and Kansas. Today, Connections is nationally recognized as an evidence-based model for improving children's futures by helping parents gain social capital and achieve economic independence through its holistic program model. This model integrates employment training opportunities, life transformation coaching, job development, and ongoing support services to equip their participants for long-term success. Kathy has received the 2019 Women of Influence Award by RISE Collaborative, the 2017 St. Louis Women of Achievement Award for Social Enterprise, in addition to numerous awards from the state of Missouri and the U.S. Department of Labor. I am very pleased to welcome our guest and my friend, Kathy Lambert. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Rebecca and Michelle, for having me on your podcast today. It's a real pleasure to be here. Well, it is a pleasure for us to welcome you. As Michelle said, um, in our topic of calling, you instantly came to my mind as someone that we had to bring on because you are you're the poster child of coming to recognize what your calling is and then not, not um, being afraid, being brave to take the step forward and multiple steps over the past 20 something years to to live that out so I want to give you an opportunity to share today with um, with us and with our audience um, a little bit about your career path and how you've gotten to this point today of great success with connections to success so that's a really a loaded question <laughs> Get those. Um, you know, and I was just listening to you all talk and, and it just reminds me, it really does remind me of my journey. Um, you know, or 20 years ago, I, we, we had our son and I had a business with a partner in corporate training and it was wonderful and I loved it, but I knew that there was something missing. You know, Sandy, you mentioned that and 
I knew that there was something missing, but I didn't know what it was. And I knew that I was supposed to do something more, but I didn't know. So through the process, I think the first thing is I really learned how to pray. And when I began to really pray and participated with different small groups at church and, but just really took that time, I began to really search and I was just searching for what God was going to, was going to bring. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know at all. And, but I kept searching and talking to people and I was just on this quest and determined to find out what, what is, what am I supposed to do here? So I, I just remember that I was reading everything. And one day I read this article about Dress for Success New York. And it was something that really grabbed my heart. And I thought, this would be great when I retire. <laughs> because I thought, you know, I can't, I know nothing about a nonprofit. I thought, I have to make money. I can't give stuff away. But I thought, you know what, this would be great to do someday. So it was a wonderful program about providing interview clothing to women that were transitioning from difficult situations back into the workforce. And so they were provided a suit. So I ripped out the, the article, put it in my basement, and I thought, you know what, I'll wait for that because I know that that's not what I'm supposed to do now, but someday maybe that's what I'll be doing. But the wildest thing happened, I, and I didn't tell anybody. I just put it in my basement, but I kept waking up at night thinking about this thing. During the day, it was literally like somebody had their hand on my back, pushing me towards this. And I thought, this is nuts. I, I don't, this, this is just crazy. So kind of long of the very short, I mean, short of the long story, I ended up, um, I thought, you know what? I'm going to show our neighbors who happen to be our pastors at our church. And I thought, I'll let them read the article. They'll set me straight. So they read the article and they both looked at me and they said, you have got to do this. You know, don't you see that you've been, you've been doing corporate training, you've been working with women. This is, don't you see you've been seeking? This is what I'm sure what God, you know, it's a great sign that maybe what God wants you to do. Well, I thought they were crazy. I said, no, not now. I have to make money. So it kept happening. And I finally thought, okay, I'm going to show my husband, who's a civil engineer by trade. And I thought he'll read it and think I'm crazy. And that'll be the end. So he read the article. And he looked at me and he said, you know what? You've been searching and you've been praying. He said, I really think you need to look into this. And he said, I'll support you 100%. So I knew that if he thought that, I thought, okay, I've got to look into it. So I ended up tracking Nancy Loveland down, who's the founder of Dress for Success Worldwide. And I called her and she was so convincing and said, nobody is doing anything in Missouri. There's nothing in St. Louis. You need to do this. So that was really kind of the beginning, and I went to our church, asked if they would take it on as a mission and as a ministry, because I had no intention of doing this full-time. But I thought, you know what, if they, if they do this and they can take it on, I'll help get it started, I'll train other volunteers, and then somebody else can take it over. Well, that was 21 years ago, and I'm still here. <laughs> But God has a way of um, every step of the way. It's like I took that step and then he kept, I was comfortable. And then it's like he would just wreck my heart and I would take another step. So it's, it's really been that journey for me, um, at least when I first got started. And there's a story that 
that if you don't mind, if I can just share real quick, please. And it was the very first woman that we ever suited that I ever suited. Actually, she um, was referred. I got a call from a homeless shelter and I had just picked up my first donation of suits and I had the, the clothes in the trunk of my car. And when I got the phone call, I just told the other person, I said, you know what? I'll be happy to see if I have anything. She can meet me at the church. And um, if, if I do, that would be great. But I couldn't promise anything. So within a short time, I got to the church. The young woman came. We popped up in my trunk. And sure enough, there was a suit that was just her size. So we went inside the church. And I thought, okay, I hope it, I just was praying that it would fit. She came out and the suit looked amazing on her. She looked absolutely beautiful. And then I looked down at her shoes and I thought, oh my gosh, she cannot go to this job interview with those shoes. I didn't even think about shoes. I forgot all about shoes. So I kept thinking for a minute, what am I going to do? And then all of a sudden I just kind of like blurted out, like what size shoe do you wear? And I'm thinking, okay, I don't know why that matters because I don't have shoes. <laughs> but what she said is she, she, she told me her size. It was my size shoe. And the shoes that I had on, I just got, and I love shoes. <laughs> and they were red shoes that I was dying to get, and I got them. So I had these red shoes, and I had, like, one side of my head was saying, give her your shoes, and the other side, like, screaming, no, don't, you have my shoes. <laughs> so I felt like that went on forever, but I ended up giving her my shoes and when I leaned down and gave them to her, she put them on and they fit. She turned around to look at the mirror. And as she was looking at the mirror, she had her hand out. And she was walking towards the mirror with, a, with tears actually coming down her face. And I asked if she was okay. And she said, yeah. She goes, I'm fine. She said, I've never seen myself look like this. I have to touch the mirror to make sure that it's me. So she left and when she drove off and I just kept thinking, I wonder what's going to happen to her. Two hours later, I was the first person she called and she had landed her job. I knew that no, no matter what, even if I didn't know what I was doing, which I really didn't, <laughs> but I knew that that's what I had to do. And I ended up then, that was the first step that I knew that this is, this is what I had to do. And so that's how I, that's how I got started. Every time I've heard this story before, and every time I hear this story, I get goosebumps. I get teary-eyed because you you um, turned to God, you prayed, you knew something was missing in your life, you weren't sure what it was, and then you started to get these signs, and you put the sign in your basement and said, "Someday I'll do this," and and. That wasn't how it played out, right? I choose to believe right. that that was God saying, okay, right? She needs another sign, <laughs> right? right? Let's get the neighbors involved in this. Let's get Brad involved in this. Um, right. And to present the opportunity to suit this woman and have the opportunity for you to make a decision. To, I get, do I give up my red, beautiful red shoes that I love or not? And you made the choice to support that woman. And that was, as we know, the first of thousands of women and then men 
who have been um, uh, redirected, helped led in the right direction, the way they want their life uh, to be changed, to be turned around, to be on a positive track. And all of that came down to you, to one person who said something's missing and uh, paid attention to the signs and took action. You are absolutely an inspiration uh, to me, Kathy. And um, when I think about everything that you have accomplished and continue to accomplish, because, right, that was one story 20-something years ago. You continue to grow connections. I, I am just in awe. Well, you're very kind. You know, I think, though, over the years, I've learned so much. And one of the things is I've learned I never arrive, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's always, you know, God, if, and I think, and I read this book that, that I keep rereading over and over again, and it's called Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. And I think I shared that with you, Sandy, probably years ago. Um, but that book is all about being intentional and looking for what, what God is doing all around us and paying attention. And when we pray and we ask, it taught me that I need to expect, but not only just expect, but pay attention. Mm -hmm. And pay attention because he's working all around us is that so many times we're not looking for it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Because those clues are there for us. It's whether or not we take them. Yeah. And I, I think that that's, that's probably one of my biggest lessons that I've learned, still learning, mm -hmm. but to really pay attention to those signs and how, how that really has helped me, I think, throughout all these years. And even when I get comfortable, it's like, then God just wrecks my heart. I mean, today we're in the jails, we're in the prisons and working with men, nothing against men at all. <laughs> but I was really comfortable working with women and really comfortable in just, you know, providing suits. And that was it. And it's, it's, you know, I feel like that he, he just keeps pushing. And as soon as I feel like I'm comfortable, He'll push me again. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's almost like a test because I'm like, no, I'm fine, just like this. Mm -hmm. But then I have an experience and it's it just it wrecks it wrecks my heart. And I'm like, okay, we have to do something about this. And how can we and what can we do? And it's and that's what started with a suit that introduced me to poverty, introduced me to knowing that what it's like for a single mom to be able to get a job that isn't, that's maybe at an entry level wage and not enough for her to support her family without any type of assistance of food stamps and support with childcare and housing assistance. So that really learning about that and knowing that God wants us to realize our dreams. Yeah. He has a great life for all of us. And I don't, I honestly don't believe that he wants people to be kept down, but to be able to be transformed. Mm -hmm. And that's, so that's really then started the journey of we can provide a suit, but there's so much more. And I always say that I get just like sometimes holy anger at how, why things are the way they are mm -hmm. and, and to be able to help to change them. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
I don't know. It's, it's really, it's been a true journey of faith. Absolutely. So you mentioned that just when you get comfortable, right, God provides a new challenge for you and you have been faithful to your calling in taking on that challenge. And what God has shown to you is that you're, you're doing his will. Um, and when I know when I worked with you in Connections to Success, there have been numbers of times where various organizational challenges pop up. Connections to Success is a thriving um, organization with em lots of employees and lots of clients that you work with, with a serious budget, with serious uh, governmental grants, in addition to other financial sources um, that you're running. And of course, in any organization, you are going to have various challenges. And I know uh, as a board member, when we would discuss some of those challenges, um, you said to me on more than one occasion, God will come through for us. Uh -huh. I have absolute faith in that. And I said, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> and he did. He always does. He always yeah. does. So as you think about that, are there any specific incidents, times, or stories that cross your mind that you say, absolutely, God's fingerprints are all over that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, so we're 21 years old. Um, we now have over 50 employees. Mm -hmm. So we've, one of the biggest things, we've never missed a payroll. Wow. We came close, right? But we've never missed a payroll. Um, yeah, I can tell you um, time and time again, it started with just simple little things where we would run out of, and I mean, all of you all, like years ago, women used to wear scarf clips. <laughs> and I would wear, they, we would have scarf clips and help them with their suits and put a scarf and a clip. And I know that sounds really small and little, and it, and it is, but we ran out of them. And I kept thinking, and I prayed, I'm like, God, you got you to gotta bring us scarf clips because we really need these scarf clips, right? So I was getting ready to leave one day from the church, and, and as I was leaving, this car pulled up. This woman came out of the car, and she had this box. And I asked her, I said, so what? It's, she said, are you dressed for success? And I said, oh, yeah. She said, well, I have this box. She said, it's a box of scarf clips. I don't know if you can use them. <laughs> God answers even the smallest prayers, right? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. There was another time, and this was so significant to me. It was um, a time where, where I had just hired a staff, and we had, we, I had on my desk, I had a stack of um, bills that needed to get paid. It was the week of Thanksgiving, and it was 2000, I think it was 2001. And I just remember we had this big stack of bills. I had payroll at the end of the week. It was Monday. So Friday was payroll. I knew that Thursday and Friday, no, we were going to close. So I need to have it by Wednesday. And I'm thinking, I needed $25,000. And I thought, I don't know how I'm going to get this. And so I got to the office that morning. And for whatever reason, it was the day that all of the different women had just different challenges. You know, they were coming in, some quit their jobs, they were doing different things. And so what happened is I, I thought, you know what, I know I need to work on this, but I thought, you know what, God, I just, I threw up a prayer and I just said, if you, you're going to take care of this. 
I can't do this. I need to help the women that are walking through our doors. So if you want this to continue, you're going to have to do something here. So I walked out, came back after lunch, and my phone was ringing on my desk. It was one o'clock. There was this man on the other end of the phone. And he said, started asking me all kinds of questions. You know, are you a nonprofit? And just all different kinds of things. And he said, he said, um, I said, well, why? And he said, I have an anonymous donor that is thinking about donating stock to you. Mm-hmm. And he said, I can't say anymore, but I'll call you tomorrow at the end of the day and let you know. So I hung up the phone. I called a friend of mine. I said, what does this mean? I know nothing about stocks. She said, well, it can mean a lot of different things, Kathy. Wait till tomorrow. So the next day, tomorrow at 4.15, my phone rang. It's the same gentleman. And he said, um, he said, well, he said the stock market closed. It closed out at, at like, what was it? 40 some dollars a share. And he said, they want to donate 500 shares to you. Well, I, I didn't know what that meant. I said, so what does that mean? And he said, well, he said, what it means, he said, I'm going to write you a check. And I said, you're going to write me a check. And he said, yeah, I'm going to cash it out and write you a check. And he said, the check will be for $25,000. I started crying. I said, you don't know what this means. Mm -hmm. I tell him this again. But he said, I said, you have to tell me who this is. So he told me, because I explained the story. So I called, I called the the individuals who, who did this donation. And I told them, I said, you, I just have to tell you, you don't know what this means. I was, I was praying because I didn't know what to do about this. And they shared with me the actually the, the gentleman's wife is who I talked to. And she said, well, let me tell you what happened, Kathy. She said he was driving by the, and saw a sign that had dress for success. Mm. And on Monday, that Monday that I just was, all the stuff was happening. She said he picked up the phone and called and said, I don't know what's happening, but we have to donate stock. We have to make a donation now. Make sure that this happens. So God can use people at any, that was such another lesson for me too, that God can use people at any time. We may never know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having to trust, even when you're out there, I feel like hanging naked. But, <laughs> you know, you're out there and, but it's trusting. And every time, I mean, it just, it's just, it just keeps increasing the amount we need, but he always meets it. He always meets it. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing both of those examples. You provide such a great testimony to um, faith, to the work that God is doing through you, that he's doing in this world. Um, and I know when I hear these stories, it strengthens my faith. It encourages me. It encourages me in this transitional time to really focus on what I'm hearing and to listening carefully because I too have turned to prayer to say, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? Where do I go next? Um, and, And hearing your story gives me the encouragement and the faith to listen and to take that next step. So thank you so much, Kathy, for for sharing a bit. I know your story is long and it's a fantastic one and we only had time for a bit today, but thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. So as I'm 
as I'm listening to that, I'm you you provided a good book that I think could be helpful. I'm wondering about anybody else here that has, and Kathy, feel free if you have more resources to chime in, but is there a book that you've read or a podcast or something that's helped you at a pivotal point in either trying to determine your calling or determine what does it look like next for me to fulfill this calling? Does anything stand out? I can't say that I do have any, no. Okay. Well, I have a, a couple that stood out to me. And um, like I said, Kathy, feel free to chime in. So one in particular that was on the more tactical side was, um, it's called the success principles. It's um, how to get from where you are to where you want to be. And it's written by Jack Canfield, who is um, the author for the Chicken Soup for the soul mm -hmm. series. And um, so he very much has this philosophy around helping people through stories and kind of trying to get there. What I like about the book is that it's written in kind of a manual slash workbook fashion. Mm -hmm. So it walks you through all the different components of here's where I am. How do I figure out where I want to be? And you can start and stop at any point in time during that process. And I personally use pieces of the book and have recommended it to other people to help them kind of work through that. Another book that um, came to mind that I think goes along with what you were talking about, Kathy, that I found particularly needed as I was trying to figure out, okay, I feel like God's calling me away from fulfilling my calling in this place and moving me to another place. How do I figure out what that is? I found that um, my prayer life needed to be a lot more specific mm -hmm. than it ever had before. And I started reading this book that I've now read two or three times called Walking with God by John Eldridge. And he walks you through the four seasons of life, basically a year in his life, and you get to see how a prayer in, say, the wintertime was answered in the summer or the fall. Mm -hmm. And how his story and his journey evolved to see some of these things fulfilled. That it's like, this is happening. I don't know what that looks like. And then, ah, uh, six months later, here's a piece of what that is looking like. And his prayer life through that and how intentional he was. And he gives very specific ideas that I personally implemented to be able to not only know how to pray, but also how to listen in that prayer and discern if this is me or is it God? I think that for me personally, that has been the hardest mm -hmm. part. Anytime mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out mm -hmm. anything, is this, this me? Is this God? How can I tell the difference? And um, through some big life decisions that I've had to make, I've learned how to discern God's voice in that, but it has been something that I've had to be really intentional about. It didn't just come about happenstance. Yeah. Kathy, anything else that you want to add there? You know what? There's just a couple things that I just kind of wrote down a couple things. One is that I read, and I think it was John Maxwell. I read a lot of his books. And one of the things that he talked about in discerning and finding out about your passion is what keeps you up at night? Mm -hmm. What is it that just wrecks your heart, but makes, you know, what breaks your heart, what makes you cry? Mm -hmm. And then what gives you joy? And I just even remember, even though I've been doing this, but going through different times of thinking, okay, am I supposed to still do this? Or am I supposed to go on and do something else? And going through kind of that process has really helped me to see that 
okay, this, you know, what really breaks my heart is what I'm doing. But I just, but I think that those, those three questions, I think I've just found have been just really helpful in just finding out. And then there's another book that I read too. It's called The Path by Lori Beth Jones. And that was a book that I read before even doing this, that, um, that really was when I was really seeking to try to figure out what is it that I wanted, wanted to do. And it was relating it biblically and to finding out about what it is and what path that um, for you to go on. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. Great recommendations. Absolutely. And I like those questions too. I, I personally have um, thought about those questions as I've tried to figure out and hone in a little more specifically on my calling. And is it the same thing as the way that God wants me to be um, practicing it the same? Those questions have been really pivotal. So this also leads me to thinking about people um, either in a similar place as you, Sandy, or those who, who really know what their calling is, but they are not in a place where that is something that they can make money off of. Right. So they're called to do something for work to provide for their family and at the same time live their passion out in a different way. And um, so I'd love to provide a couple of examples for our audience to think through, okay, I, I know what my calling is, but that's not what my job is, at least not today. So what do I do with that? I, as I thought about this, I um, th thought about a friend who um, has a job in HR, is very successful at that, yet for years and years has had a passion to help women who are getting out of human trafficking situations. Mm -hmm. And she has found a number of different ways to help with this. Some of this has been um, mission oriented and um, with her job today, it allows for some flexibility where she takes off on a regular basis a few times a month. She's able to leave early and go to a house that is a safe house for women who have come out of trafficking, who need help learning life skills, and they need support, they need uh, female role models to look at because they have not had that at all. They need someone who's consistently around, so there is a small group of women who show up on a regular basis, and she has been a great example for me personally to see you walk out faithfulness to that calling, even when it's not your job. And she's been very intentional about just doing it with one organization so that she can devote the time and attention that is needed. Because when, when that's your calling, these girls need some stability. So they can't have somebody who comes in and out. And um, so it's, it's great that it's not her paid employment, but it's definitely her commitment mm -hmm. in fulfilling that part of her calling. So I'm wondering, um, do any of you have another example of either for you personally, what it's looked like to fulfill your calling outside of work or known somebody who has? So um, when I met Kathy a number of years ago and heard her speak and tell a similar story that she shared with us today, I did not think of anything around a calling. All I knew is that I got goosebumps and I said, I need to I need to meet this woman. I need to to learn more about what she's doing and I feel like I need to help with this. And ultimately what that led to was coffee and what that led that led to was volunteer opportunities and what that led to was 
um, an opportunity to serve on the board for Connections to Success and at one point to have a leadership role on the board. And I knew I enjoyed it. I knew that I felt good about the work I was doing. I knew that I was learning about nonprofits. I had always worked in corporate America. So I knew there were a lot of good things about that. Ten years later, I look back on it and I say, that was a step. That was a step in the direction to get me where I am today. And apparently I am super slow because <laughs> it, has, it has taken 10 years. Um, but I, I absolutely can see, right, hindsight's twenty twenty, And I can absolutely see how, Kathy, you and Connections to Success were part of the painting of my calling. That it's, I'm still filling in and I'm, I'm still putting touches on that painting. But um, for me, it was... It was taking that chance. I didn't know Kathy. She was just the speaker in the front of the room. And I wanted so badly to talk to her, but I didn't want to be a stalker. And um, so I, I took the chance of just uh, approaching her and having the conversation. And I'm so thankful, Kathy, that you offered me very quickly the opportunity to get involved, which certainly was a life-changing opportunity for me. So thank you. Well, you're welcome. And I, I think that... Um, just what you're what you're all talking about too with your vocation doesn't always have to be your calling mm -hmm. and that there's so many other other ways that that to experience that mm -hmm. and I think again I kind of go back to really that you know the prayer and that nudge that we all get and and knowing and discerning what that nudge is mm -hmm. and then taking that step, you know, being bold, like Sandy, like you said, you came up to me, you didn't want to be a stalker. <laughs> but you, know what? you took that step and there's so much all around us. There's so much need. There's so, there's so many different ways to be able to get involved and, and to find out for everyone what um what that gifting that calling is mm -hmm. yeah and it's just it's taking that that risk yeah i think you make a great point in all the stories that we've shared it takes courage and some vulnerability to try to follow what you think is your calling and you know i think we probably could all think of missteps or mm -hmm. you know things that we chased too that we we thought were right but I think it was, it's important for people to understand that it's not an easy button, that you, finding your purpose or your calling isn't something you fall into. It's not something you can passively just expect to happen. You have to listen, make that effort, um, really um, work hard to figure that out. And it's, it's a, I think maybe there's um, a, a misconception that, it's easy. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that's a common misconception as well yeah. as that calling only applies to people that are in some kind of church ministry. Mm -hmm. right? And that we feel like, well, if I'm not called to that, I don't right. really have a calling. Yet if I go back to the scripture that I read earlier, it's very clear that all things work together for God to do it according to his purpose. Right. And so that means that we all have a calling. Some people's calling is in church ministry and many people's aren't. And, um, I think that for me, once I really understood that I have a calling, I need to figure out what that is. 
But what can change is the how Mm -hmm. that can look a lot of different ways. And um, that that doesn't mean that when the how changes, that my calling changes. Because I think that then I took that as a, oh my gosh, do I have to rethink everything now? And God's like, slow your roll. I, I didn't ask you to change every single thing. Like I gave you the same strength. I gave you the, the same makeup. Maybe your passions change or the needs of the organization that you're working with change. And so you don't have to reevaluate all of it. So that's been like a takeaway for me and some myths that I've heard from other people. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Kathy. Well, you know what? I was just going to say, I think that exactly that is, it's a process, right? That it's a process and it's, it's stepping out and, and it maybe it, you find out that, you know what, this isn't my, this isn't what I feel that is my calling or whatever. You don't, you know that, okay, well, maybe this isn't, this isn't right, mm-hmm. but you, you try it and you learn, we all learn and then we learn and then we go and then we, we see, and it may be with children. It could be with animals. It could, there's so many different things. And it's, um, I think that what you said is so true. I think because I even wrestled with that too, of, you know, ministry of, you know, church calling and evocation and different people have said things, you know, with me before about that too. And even my husband at first, when he got involved with connections, and left what he was doing. I'm like, no, 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 you cannot do this. You have to keep doing what you're doing. But then this is where he felt he was led to. And I think that we all, God calls all of us differently. Yeah. And, um, and we're all on different paths, which I think is beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think that we've had a wonderful conversation. Mm -hmm. I feel a little bit like I've gone to church today during this conversation. (laughs) I love it. I had tears, laughs, goosebumps, the whole nine yards. And um, Kathy, just appreciate your willingness to share your story, share your journey. I think that we've gotten good ideas on what it looks like, regardless of where we are in the journey of we understand our calling, but I'm wrestling with how. I don't necessarily have my calling solidified. So how do I know what that is? Or I've known it for a long time. I think it's been a great discussion on every part of the journey and what that looks like and um, how to have an actionable next step. So thank everyone for listening to Lead, Travel, Pray. And we're still looking for comments. So however you download this podcast, either through iTunes or Google Play, or wherever you download it that I didn't list, please feel free to comment. We do take those into account and appreciate our listeners. Yeah, thank you, Kathy. Your energy is just infectious. <laughs>